Hey everyone, Joe Gonzalez from Tobin Tuesdays brought to you by the Manitoban here on 101.5 UMFM. This week at the Manitoban is our joke issue. And for the first year ever, at least to my knowledge, we're also doing a joke podcast. Now, obviously, all the stories, characters, likenesses in this podcast are fake, fictitious, they're not real, however you want to qualify them. But still, I think me and the crew had a lot of fun making this for all of you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Buffalo Banter. What's going on, y'all? It's the Buffalo Buffalo Banter. You're with DJ Big Asthma in the building. You know what I'm saying? It's Big City's top radio show for 10 years running since 1969. You know what it is. We've been covering the news, the traffic, the weather, the news, and the traffic. And you know what? We got a lot of stories for you today. So stick around, stay tuned, because we got it locked here on the Buffalo Banter. Hi, I'm Brad Steele here with news from the Ivory Tower. It's a beautiful day here in the studio, beautiful day outside. Uh, just me and my partner here. Hi, I'm some lady, and I'm up here too. Great, great to hear from you, as always. So, news today, man falls down pothole in Keelot isn't found for three days. This is a particularly gruesome story. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> riveting opinion, riveting opinion, as per always. Let's keep on moving. Parking services were seen today, shaking students by the ankle to get all the change in their pocket. What do you think about that? Well, you know, anything to keep the lights on on campus. Maybe they can use some of that money to pave over those holes in Q-Lot, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Other news today. The onion rings are, like, so good at the hub. Absolutely fantastic. Great news here. They don't let me have them, but they smell really good. One more topic of news today. Peer tutoring app canned after becoming Tinder for nerds. What do you think about that, some lady? <laughs> Sounds like they were learning the language of love. Yeah, I think they were learning some chemistry and biology, if you know what I mean. You're so funny. <laughs> oh, good old-fashioned humor. That's what I like. Me too. Let's kick it off to weather. I'm Jerry Weatherman. It's sunny, as, uh, as my friend said at the top of the show. Back to you. Great to hear from you, Jerry. Once again, always comprehensive coverage. And, folks, that is all the news for today. Once again, I am Brad Steele, and this is my partner. I'm some lady. From Ivory Tower News. We are happy to bring you news every single day here in the beautiful big city. Bye. Listen, y'all, spring is coming, and there's one feature on this track that I'm not about. As an asthmatic, allergies can cause my body to go sicko mode, and sometimes I just forget to take my antihistamines. That's why when I start my day, I only eat Allergy O's, the great taste of almonds and honey with a hint of the power of antihistamines. Nowadays, my mornings are both lit and mucus-free. Use the code BUFFALO the next time you order a box of Allergy O's for 10% off your next order. Hey yo, it's Allergy O's. You heard? Hello and welcome to the Zip Spelling Bee Regionals live from Des Moines, Iowa. I'm Jimmy Sports Guy. And I'm Billy Sports Dude. We've got a very deep field here for the Iowa Regionals. A lot of top contenders in the nation going head-to-head -head in this spelling bee. I tell you what, Jim, you know what? A lot of these kids, they can spell, and they can spell good. Unlike me, I couldn't spell good, but these kids, they spell good. 
really the, the favorite from the pack that I would say is uh, Billy O'Connell. He's from your state of Massachusetts. So tell us a little bit about Billy. Uh, Billy, he's uh, he's a big hero back in uh, back in Boston and Massachusetts. Uh, you know, I've seen him a couple of times on the street, and I say, "Hey, Billy, uh, you want you want a Dunkin' uh, you want Dunkin' coffee?" And he's like, uh, "Yeah, I'll take a Dunkin' coffee," and then I give him a coffee. So uh, he's a good kid. He's good at heart, but uh, uh, you know, uh, my confidence in him is not great. You know, I'm really looking forward to uh, to uh, Shania O'Neill uh, from uh, from uh, from Massachusetts, as well, but uh, Irish roots more so than me. And she's looking really good. She's got a, she's got an eight eight word spelling streak, uh, correctly spelled streak. Uh, going into Des Moines, so I'm really excited to see what she does here. Yeah, she did very well in Alabama. She came in, got that eight-word streak, and really she had a, a bit of a bad showing before that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what happened in Miami? Uh, you know, Miami is, is, is crazy because, uh, you know, you got a lot of controversies there. You know, not too long ago, Pablo Escobar was, you know, doing something down there, but you know what? It kind of cleared out, kind of did its own thing, but still, you know, the nightlife in Miami. I'll tell you what, last time I was in Miami, I don't even remember what happened. And I don't know what this has to do with her performance. I'm just saying my performance compared to hers, not as great. But I'll tell you what, I think I know what happened back over in Miami for Shania. Uh, no Dunkin' Donuts down there, to, uh, Jim, you know? So that's, that's, that's my take on that. I'm not sure what that has to do with spelling, but okay, we're going to move on. Uh, Shania, she had a little bit of difficulty in Miami. Something that you uh, really you didn't touch on too much. Talked about the the nightlife there. Uh, <laughs> she she seemed to be struggling a little bit in the early rounds. Uh, she looked like she'd have a pretty early exit. Uh, she she really struggled on iridocyclitis, and that's a word. That's a very <laughs> You're so close. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. And, and really, iridocyclitis is a word you, you can't spell wrong at this level. Maybe when you're when you're at your you know your minor league levels, when you're at your high school spelling bees, but really when you're at regionals, when you're getting towards that upper echelon of, of competition, when you're getting ready for worlds, you really can't spell words like that wrong. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, iridocyclitis, you got words like salmonella, uh, intuition, uh, satisfaction, uh, locomotion, also great song titles from the past 20 years from pop stars like Kylie Minogue and Madonna. But besides that point, uh, also great songs in Miami, by the way, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. But uh, besides that, yeah, you're right. You know, there are certain words at this level you can't spell wrong. And if you spell them wrong, then the question becomes, well, what are you doing here? What do you, what do you, what do you think you're doing here when you can't spell iridocyclitis? Now, obviously, I can't say anything because I can't spell iridocyclitis. I can't even spell appointment correctly. But regardless, I think that I'm in a position to analyze this properly, and you were right on that point, Jim. You can't spell words like that wrong at this level. And, you know, Shania, she had a very good late rounds in Miami when she picked herself up a little bit, carrying herself over into Alabama and now into, into Des Moines, Iowa. She does really well in the later rounds when she gets her confidence up. Uh, but really, her performance in the, last, in the last competition was not without controversy. Yeah, you're definitely right, Jim. Uh, according to uh, the, uh, the the powers that be over at Zip's Spelling Bee, uh, there was some controversy involving uh, performance-enhancing drugs. 
now, obviously, I don't know if she did get them from Miami. Good chance she might have, but I'm not going to assume things. But she, there was still uh, there was some testing done. You know, they, they, they took some blood uh, from her arm, and there was like, you know, let's see what's in here. And they found traces of Ritalin. Now, I don't know if you've taken Ritalin, Jim, but I have. And is it's pretty, it's, pretty, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And really, I, I had talked to Shania after this news came out, and she was really, really distraught about it. She she felt really bad about the, the the test going that way and tainting her legacy. And she's really one of the all stars in uh, the Zip Spelling Bee circuit right now. Um, and really, what she said was it wasn't during competition. Ritalin is not banned during competition. And really, if if you're taking that side out, that stuff outside of competition, I don't see the problem with it. If you need it for practice, that that's your that's your thing. If that's your issue, then you should be able to take it. But once you get onto that stage, you should not have anything in your system. Yeah, you're definitely right, Jim. And maybe it's, it's a bit of a problem with the interpretation of the rules as well. You know, uh, the, the zip spelling bee—they're not used to this kind of a controversy. You know, they never really had anybody come in with Ritalin or or, or any kind of sort of uh, uh, focused medication. So it's different because in the rule books, it states that uh, uh, no performance-enhancing drugs, but does not list what kind of performance-enhancing drugs. Now, obviously, Ritalin can be used to enhance performance, but I think if I was a lawyer, I'm pointing that little clause right there, and I'm saying, hey, hey, judge, hey, uh, what, do you, uh, what do you think you're doing? Uh, it doesn't say nothing about Ritalin, you know? All right, This summer, when the glass dome over disk earth is shattered, intergalactic lizards invade. But when the puppet governments of the world stand by and acquiesce to their reptilian demands, one man stands alone. Rex Manley begins his one-man crusade to save the planet from its scaly overlords, armed with his wit, manly strength, and a fully loaded AR-15, ready to take the fight from his mom's basement to the seat of lizard power, NASA. Survival Shield 3, Revenge of the Reptiles. There's something in the water. Coming June 2019. What is a newspaper? On the surface, it's a collection of ink, paper, colored ink, and hard work. But what really is a newspaper? What is the heart of a newspaper? Tonight, we travel to the basement of a small town student publication to visit the scene where a newspaper's heart stopped beating. My name is Huntress Thompson, and this is Who Killed the Manitoban? When my boss at Vice, I mean Ivory Buffalo headquarters, sent me to visit the Manitoban, my first response was that of disgust. The basement office was a mess, filled to the brim with PBR cans and roaches of every variety. It was obvious a grievous crime had happened here. I was pondering just what kind of person would write for anything that wasn't BuzzFeed's listicle department when a rustling amongst the cans procured a strange-looking person. He was pale, presumably from many hours sitting behind a laptop screen. He smelled like booze and nihilism. He was a student journalist. Yeah, somebody killed the Manitoban all right, he told me in the sort of voice that made it apparent that he was a small-town everyman and was thus the opposite of me, a big-city detective who also had a podcast. But you do understand this whole thing is a metaphor for the death of media literacy, right? I ignored the salt of the earth, nobody. How could this be a crime podcast if there wasn't a decapitation? 
an actual murder must have taken place. Are you looking for the killer of the Manitoban? A voice snapped me out of my disdain for the lowly reporter. I looked behind me, where a young woman in a snappy suit was beaming. I don't know who did it, but I say good riddance, she said. This was Aspen von Asper, a student who had come to dance on the newspaper's definitely not metaphorical grave. They kept publishing opinions, and that offended me personally, as someone who only comes to the newspaper for hard facts. This disgusted me. A newspaper publishing opinions and editorials? Op-eds, even? What kind of newspaper would publish letters written to them? When I asked her to expand on this, Von Asper stuck her fingers in her ears and accused me of being one of them. You're just part of big media. You're an industry plant like the rest of them, set up to stop Dear Leader from his dreams of becoming a prominent member of the Liberal Party. Dear Leader, now we were getting somewhere. Who Killed the Manitoban has been brought to you today by Food Box. They send a box of food to you, pre-sliced and pre-cut. So easy even you could do it. With the code BUFFALO, receive 10% off a lifetime blood pact with Foodbox. It was now the part in the podcast arc where we found this dear leader, and therefore hit the emotional crux of the episode. Turns out, he was right next door. UMSA's president, the one and only, Jeremy Coop. Coop vehemently denied killing the Manitoban, but said if we were looking for answers, we'd find them in the hell and glass washrooms. After me and my three malnourished interns found the washrooms, we were met with a shocking sight. Mirrors. Mirrors everywhere. Could it be? Could the killer of the Manitoban be... us? Who Killed the Manitoban is brought to you by Bitter Student Journos. Mixed with rye whiskey and a bit of sugar for an old-fashioned... way of providing information. It was true. The Manitoban had not met its grisly end by decapitation. It had met its end by people like us. People who think news media should be presented with a background of wind chimes. People who raid a newspaper on the internet like it was a restaurant. People who distrust a news source after it seeks to hold those in power to account. People like me. People like you. Nah, just kidding. The Manitoban eventually pivoted to more video content and the masses were pleased. Good night, everybody. Every day, millions of Canadians read opinion articles and letters to the editor and believe, wholeheartedly, they are facts. This dissonance is what is called media illiteracy, a condition where individuals read headlines or articles meant to provide the average Canadian with an outlet for their opinions under great scrutiny by newspaper staff and treat the content as some, as some kind of factual statement. If you think everything you read is fact, if you find yourself unable to separate value judgments from true statements, if you think the media is left-leaning for reporting the exact content of what your favorite politician, pundit, or celebrity says, then you may suffer from, me- from media literacy. If this sounds like you or someone you love, please call the Media Literacy Initiative to receive remedial classes in media literacy. Don't be the person made fun of in a comment section for being ignorant. Learn media literacy today. Hello and welcome to Film Focus. I'm your host, Charlotte Dingle. I'm joined here with two fellow film critics. Flo Reidemann. And uh, my name is Obadiah Beauregard III. Well, uh, today we're here to talk about uh, what some consider to be an American classic. Uh, uh, it's an animated film. 
um, up there with the works of Miyazaki, uh, Pixar, uh, Satoshi Kon. I mean, this is one of the greats, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of, definitely one of the most radical films of the past 20 years, for sure. Really, when I, when I watch this film, I watch this film, and I, I often pair it with the film Persepolis, if anybody else here has seen that. And, um, we have. Really, of we're course. We're film critics. Of course, so of course. We've seen every movie. Of course, of course. We're, we're all incredibly academic. Um, I, I usually paired this with Persepolis because you see just films about, about yearning and about life and love. Uh, just really, I think they go well together. Well, let's get right into the meat of it. Uh, this film has uh, uh, several instances of sexual awakenings. And uh, I personally, the way I looked at it, uh, I think they really reflect uh, the sexual awakenings of, you know, a young man uh, reaching adulthood. Um, that's just my take on it, though. I'm, I'm definitely willing to hear uh, differing opinions. Well, and I mean, even though the protagonist is male, I think it also... Uh, really portrays the sexual awakening of a woman as well, who completely veers from her normal, um, her normal courtship kind of stable relationship to be with this very unconventional partner. You see, when I when I watch this movie, what I what I see is a true encapsulation of the American psyche, the the American consciousness, when it comes to uh, the idea of the sexual awakening. So uh, I, I firmly believe that if this movie had been released in the, in the 1960s, the 1970s, there would have been riots. This film just takes that yearning for, for love and acceptance and really just amplifies it to an entire new level. Now there's a part in the movie uh, where uh, a, uh, a certain uh, discrepancy in terms of uh, sexual attraction occurs. Uh, one might call it interspecies. Um, there's something relatively taboo about that, and I think that's really powerful. Well, I mean, <clears throat> Jerry Seinfeld basically introduces macrophilia to a mainstream audience. So, like, there's that aspect of it. <laughs> that is so true. I completely agree. I, uh... I, I I, I know I know it's easy just to start laughing when you think of Jerry Seinfeld because who doesn't love Seinfeld? Who doesn't love the hilarity that is Jerry Seinfeld? But I think we need to calm down. We need to back up. And we need to remember how powerful a movie this is. It's not just about the laughter. It's not just about the glowing words of Jerry Seinfeld. This movie's about America. And America's little bed bug. <laughs> Are we not all America's little bed bug? Uh, when you watch this movie... Do you not feel like a voyeur in a forbidden relationship? I mean, who are we if not guilty the same way humans were guilty in the trial against bees? I, I think when you say trial, that actually brings up uh, another really prominent aspect of this film for me. Um, the environmentalism of it all, the uh, the pure love for the environment that uh, Jerry Seinfeld's character shows and that this movie really, really tries to put out there quite amazing. Uh, it, it really reminded me of uh, the Exxon Valdez and uh, environmentalism really coming out of that. And uh, I, th I think this film is a beacon for uh, the green movement. Well, and being on trial, the fact that Seinfeld's character is on trial for something completely out of his control, right? Uh, and conditions that are created by society, not by the person who is on trial or the 
individual who is on trial, I, I should say. I could not put that better myself. All right, well, uh, that's all the time we have for today. Um, this has been a discussion of B-Movie. Uh, I'd like to thank my uh, two co-hosts for doing a stellar job, as always. And uh, this is Film Focus, signing off. I mean, how did she f*** a bee, though? <laughs> Ted came up hard. Street. A veteran of the Northwestern Ontario street punk scene, he'd been an activist for full citizenship rights or pit bulls for more than a decade. A founding member of radical activist organization Free Bull. Ted was instrumental in organizing the mass breakout of more than 200 dogs from captivity in 2017 before fleeing to Manitoba. Ted stands for free dogs, a free press, and cooperative production. It's time to bite the hand that feeds. Vote Ted. Peppa is a big fan of chickpeas and sunbathing. Peppa knew leadership was her destiny when she was brought onto the world via Immaculate Conception. Even as a pup, she knew where she stood. Puppy care for all, better regulation of dog food, and a warm bed for every man, woman, and child. Peppa takes a hard centrist role on the big issues. She wants to bolster the puppy economy to give more dogs more jobs, but also works towards kennel abolition. This year, vote Peppa. Alright y'all, that should do it for Buffalo Banter. As always, DJ Big Asthma with you through the airwaves in spirit in person. Doesn't matter. You can count on me like you can count on Superman or whatever. But anyways, uh, before we close the show, this wonderful show, we're going to take a few calls from the public uh, here on Buffalo Banter. It's a tradition around here since 1969 for 10 straight years, as always. First up, we got Tom Pepperwood. Tom, what's poppin', buddy? Thank you, it's brother. Thank while, you. Buddy. I appreciate that. Um, I'm calling right now just to talk quickly about, uh, I think, an issue on campus. It's a serious issue. Oh, word? Okay. I'm passionate about. It's one that affects my life deeply, and that is the quality Damn. of the okay. toilet paper on this, on this campus. Right, right. Um, I do most of my reading for classes in the bathroom. It's the place, it's basically the only place I have. It's a bit weird, but uh, okay. Because when I go to the library, all the seats are taken. When I go to true, true. any sort of corral, they're always talking, and I can never get any sort of concentration. But the problem is, when right. I finish. Okay, all right. Damn. And I go to grab a toilet paper, Word. it feels like sandpaper. All right, bro, okay. And if you've never been in the bathroom for more than 10 minutes, yeah. uh, you know that you're already crapping. Damn, son, okay. Um, uh, 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 yo, can we cut, can we, yo, can, we, can we cut that? Can we cut that real quick? Yeah, okay. Censor that. We need to censor that. Real quick, yeah. For real. Damn. Does anyone have the phone line? Can we, can we hang up on this guy? What's going on? Oh, yo, I thought we cut him off. What Don't the? You me. No, we need to bleep him. Alright, damn, sorry about that, y'all. Uh, you know, we try to filter out these calls. We don't know how these crazies get on here, but you know, he's definitely passionate about toilet paper. But that's all good. Um, but we're gonna take one more call from the public. This one, his name is Bob Pepper. Oh no. Ugh. All right, we'll give it a shot. Let's see what we got. Bob, what's popping, buddy? Uh, hell, asthma, am, 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 
here? Yeah, you are, bro. Oh, good, good. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a long time listener. Uh, you know, I just want to say real quick that I think that you, uh, you have the best wheeze of everybody. Appreciate that, brother. I haven't heard a better wheeze on, uh, on the radio since, yeah, since I've been listening, really. Um, and I just want to talk about the, uh, the president of our association. Um, okay, true, true. He's, uh, I don't think he's been doing the right things. Um, and well. I don't think that he's been taking the association in the right direction. But there is uh, there are so many pressing issues, and I think that that is probably one of the biggest. But there is a second issue on this campus that I don't think can be ignored, uh, and it has to do with the facilities on this building, uh, in this building, on this uh, campus. And uh, true, we had someone talk about that last time. Now it's not the bathroom. There is uh, what I would call sandpaper quality. Okay. Paper. Okay. Oh, oh dear! Oh no! It just takes so much out of you to use it, really. And the main concern, yeah, the the same guy, bro. really, is that there is no. This is the same guy, bro. There is no space. Can't get the sentence ready, bro. Oh boy. Where you can sit down and oh. be quiet. Yo, yo, we need to cut this guy off right now. Something? Oh no. We gotta cut him off. Like right now. All right, damn. Well, uh, that's all the time we really have. We kind of ran into some problems there the last time, but we hope you enjoyed the entire show. Once again, DJ Big Asthma with you, as always, here on Buffalo Banter. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be tuning in next week. Peace and love to all, and we'll see you all later.